And one, two, three, and four. Welcome everybody to the Life Point Table Talk Podcast. Today we are going to be continuing our Bible reading reflection. My name is Jason, and I am here today with the one and only Bishop Fred Wilson. Say hello to the people. Hello, world. All right. What a privilege. (laughs) Yes, it is. And today we are going to be continuing in Joshua, and we're going to finish up Joshua, and then we're going to get into Judges. Uh, all the way to chapter 7, then we're going to do Luke 5 through 8. So quite a bit of ground to cover, and I'm excited to have Bishop here with us today. It's going to be great. So let's go ahead and jump in here, shall we? And let's start off in Joshua 17. Uh... Or sorry, 16. 16. My bad. Uh, 16. And so we're getting into Joshua, and um, we're still doing, uh, they're dividing the land, their inheritances, and they're, it's kind of uh, detailed of who's getting what kind of thing going on here. Yeah, and, well, what here, uh, what we have here is, in other words, God is keeping his promise to them that he would provide as he leads. And so the principle there, even for us, is where he leads, he provides. And God was very detailed in setting the boundaries for each tribe, kind of like counties today. And so they had to fight the fight of faith and uh, drive out the inhabitants that were there. Yeah. And uh, as we continue there into 17... Um, there are some tribes or, or groups or clans who, are, who have not driven out uh, the Canaanites totally. So there's still uh, uh, lands there around that uh, these other nations have not been driven out. Um, and some of them, it sounds like they... Uh, overcame them, but then they put them into forced labor instead of totally driving these people out in Mm -hmm. some of these situations. Okay. Um, And let's see here. They go into the inheritance. Uh, It's quite detailed on several of these. Yeah, Joshua's inheritance. Uh, 19, they get into, uh, his inheritance and, um, well, what that shows us there is that, uh, Joshua was faithful and God gave him the desires of his heart. Joshua requested this certain city. And so that reminds us of Psalms 37 and four, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. And uh, it also talks about, uh, we get into 20, about the cities of refuge. Interesting, yes. Um, We've talked about these before. Uh, It keeps coming up about these specific cities of refuge, which I believe were the Levites' uh, cities. Um, It talks about Aaron and Caleb's land, um, the Levites' 
uh, and it specifically is talking about how the Lord gave them all the land he had promised from their uh, fathers and they had rest on every side none of their enemies stood against them uh, none of the promises failed that God had promised them and uh, so at the beginning here the they're they're actually finally getting getting where this whole story was leading to and uh, 21 here and um, Joshua is bless he blesses Reuben um, uh, Reuben's clan they had promised to come and help and they did he sends them home mm-hmm. their clan and um, it's interesting when the Reubenites uh, they go back to their land they build a big altar and uh there's actually some confusion there. They go to um, the rest of Israel, or Joshua goes to attack them because they think they're serving other gods. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a uh, memorial to remember that uh, their clan was was part of Israel, and it was it's it's a alt- It's not really an altar for sacrifice. It's an altar of remembrance that their clan is part of the the larger Israel nation. It's mm-hmm. a pretty well, cool you know, story. Well, you know, the Joshua story, uh, certainly Joshua was a man of faith and uh, trusted God, and he was a righteous leader. And so here again we see that righteous leaders are those who are in harmony with God make a big difference in how a nation goes. Mm. Yeah. And... Uh, we keep going here. We get into Joshua 23. He's getting older, and uh, he's going to be dying soon. He brings all the chiefs and the judges together. Um, he tells them God will give them rest, but there's still land that needs to be possessed. Um, he's strongly warning them against mixing with the surrounding nations and intermarrying with them. And if they do, they will receive judgment. Um, Joshua actually, uh, he gets into a brief history, again, retelling the, the history of Israel. Right. And uh, kind of all the way back, even before Abraham. He's talking about the fathers of Abraham. Um, and he's talking about how God... Uh, how their forefathers had... Uh, chosen other gods and uh, how Abraham was called out of that and he sort of leads it all the way back up to where they are today and he's asking them who are you going to serve right and they promised to serve the Lord yeah and And they did all the days of Joshua yeah and the way he puts it to them is really interesting like he really kind of is pushing it. Like, are you sure you want to do this? Because <laughs> you know, if you say you're going That's to, right. and you don't, what's going to happen? Yeah. And uh, wake up. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. And 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 he says that famous line as uh, Joshua does: "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." Bam, yeah. um, 
I feel like I've heard that my whole life. Yes. And that's yes, awesome. Yes, yes, Especially yes. you see where it comes from in the context of uh, this this long history of of this these people and making this decision to serve the Lord, this conscious decision, knowing and, and all that comes with yeah, it. Yeah, Joshua said, hey, you're going to make your decision, but as for me and my house. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is what we're doing. And uh, again, they do this like um, like a memorial. He writes. He writes all the. They make a covenant, and he writes in the book of the law as well. And um, he sets up large stones. Yeah, they do this quite often, as as a memorial. Memorials, yes. Memorials of remembrance. You see this over and over. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, these. It's a literal physical um, reminder yeah. reminder for them and the people and, and into history for their children. What we were reading earlier there with the Reubenites, part of what they were saying is they want our children to know that we, we are part yes. of Israel. We, we're building this huge thing to remind everyone uh, about how we're part of this. It's just interesting to me how these memorials... Uh, over and over are built. It's a natural, um, natural witness, you know. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, let's see here. Joshua's getting older. Um, it says, let's see. Joshua dies. He's 110. Mm-hmm. 110. He's buried in the land of his inheritance. Um. And that's kind of where Joshua ends. Yeah, ends. So just, you know, the reminder of the word Joshua, in the Hebrew, Joshua save, Savior. And of course, it's an incredible, incredible story of one's journey and victory through faith. Through yeah. faith. It's a, this was a faith thing yeah. all the way, every step. Yeah, it really was. And um, it's interesting. His story ends there. Uh, but it's it's they're there, they're having rest. But there's also there's signs that there's going to be trouble because they haven't totally driven these people and out. We see it all the way through Judges. And ju- it's like you see what's going <laughs> to. There's peace for right now. It's kind of like while Joshua's there, uh, and you see that certain leaders in leadership, while they're there and in power or whatever. Mm-hmm. Things are okay. Yeah. As soon as that guy goes, the, the people go astray. It's still kind of true. A, still true. A pattern today. there. Leadership. Uh, important. Leadership, thing. whether it's a nation or a church or a home, whatever, or a business, the leader makes the difference. That's just God's design. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really does. Um, and so, so that's the end of Joshua. It ends with that. There, uh, he. Puts into the uh, book of law his 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 portion. I guess he. I don't think he was adding to Moses's or uh, writing his part of the story. Or yeah. Um, and they do another covenant, and uh, the stone we were talking about as a witness that everybody saw it. <laughs> they can't deny it, and uh, there's a, a covenant to serve the Lord, and so that's how Joshua ends. Well, Joshua, throughout Joshua, and I just, just now thought about this, Joshua was continuously motivating, encouraging the people. 
And he not only gave warnings, but he encouraged them from the positive. He motivated from the positive as well. Yeah. All through Joshua. It's not just the story of Joshua himself, but the story of Joshua and God's people. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then, and so we start in the Judges. And really, when we're reading these, these, these books just bleed right into each other. Mm-hmm. It's really just the next chapter in the continuing saga of Israel. The story continues. So it starts right off there. Now we're in Judges. Judges 1. And it starts off with uh, Joshua's death. Mm-hmm. They're talking about Joshua's death. Yeah, now this is a period in the history of Israel from around 1380 to 1050. About a, Judges here is about a 300-year period. Okay. Okay? And um, and it's historical, it's theological, and it, of course, shares spiritual truths. Right. And so we get into it. Joshua has died, and they're talking about um, who's going to fight these Canaanites who are there, who are, I'm guessing, supposed to be driven out. And uh, Judah is chosen, and they go and defeat them. and they fight this certain king, um, Adoni Bezek. Bezek. I, I'm terrible with these names. Um, anyways, it has. It's they. There's this interesting part of the story here where they defeat this king, and this king had been defeating other kings and cutting off their thumbs and their toes, and making them serve him. And so they do that when they they do that to this guy when they get him Mm -hmm. and uh he says it was payback for what he did to these other kings i'm sure there was a significance to the thumb and the big toe uh in ancient culture there Mm -hmm. Um, may i jump can i jump back to chapter one there just sure we're Um, we're still there yeah you're still there Mm -hmm. well as it says there and there arose another generation which knew not the lord or followed his commandments. So mm. within a generation, they went they went astray. Yeah. So here goes the roller coaster beginning for over 300 years. And what does this tell us? It tells us the importance in the home, in the church, wherever, teaching the children, the young people, the faith. Yeah, yeah. And you see, you've seen that throughout the story, how they're trying to make this ingrained into their culture and their society of teaching their children right of teaching everybody it's like a a constant reminder of these things uh the law and the things of god because of how how really uh not just fragile but how quickly things go Mm -hmm. sideways uh so it seems like overkill sometimes with the intensity of the way they're talking about these things but even with this intensity in one generation it goes completely sideways i mean they i don't know how more intense a people can get about their commitment you know to god and how intense that relationship was i mean with joshua and those people and to think that a generation later it's it's well, going yeah, astray but, how quickly there, it can. There you go you know? again. It's as, amazing. As judges are going to bring out the roller coaster, the evil leaders. They were good, and then there was bad. But it shows you what, like, what can happen to a 
to this people of God and then even in a nation we see it even history and also even today where a country's going well and then suddenly they got this dictator and so mm. forth it's an amazing principle yeah and so uh let's let's see so so I was talking about Judah it gets into Judah and they're fighting these um uh, Canaanite nations. It actually talks about how he goes into Jerusalem itself and captures it. Um, uh, Judah captures Gaza as well, specifically mm -hmm. names. Okay. Uh, but it also says he couldn't drive out uh, certain people out of the plains because they had chariots. Yeah. So it's like you're saying well, it's th there's like a his historical part of it yeah. where it's like. Um, yeah, within that context that you're referring to right now, uh, the word came that uh, if you don't deal with the enemies, they're going to be like thorns in your flesh. Mm. Now, let me just pause here and say that this term, thorns in your flesh, is also mentioned in Numbers 33 and Joshua 23. And it basically is saying, they use this terminology, that if you don't deal with your enemies, it's going to be like thorns in your flesh. Yeah. You know, now, we we take take this all the way over to 2 Corinthians about Paul's thorn in the flesh. I'm not mm. going to go into detail here, but Paul's thorn in the flesh was not some kind of sickness or eye disease or whatever some people say. It's very plain. It says it was the messenger of Satan an assigned demonic power to try to hinder Paul because of the revelations that he was getting from mm. God. Interesting. Um, and it really, that, that first chapter of Judges is kind of a setup for what's coming, too. And because they're talking about the conquest here, I was talking about Judah. It also talks about Joseph's family and their conquest. But then at the end there, it lists several of the I don't know, family or tribes that failed to drive out the Canaanites. Uh, it's, it talks about how they put them into labor and stuff. They were supposed to totally get rid of these people. And so that sets us up into the next chapter here, uh, chapter 2, and it starts off with the angel of the Lord shows up. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's saying the people didn't obey. Uh, they didn't uh, comply with the covenant and didn't break with the break down all the altars of the inhabitants and um and now god's not going to drive these people out yeah they got in and that's where you're talking it's a, a i said a pain in the neck yeah well They're they got into these the false gods one was Baal, the sun mm -hmm. god and astar was a female moon god and what had happened was they got away from God where was was their strength and began to weaken weaken their weaken them and their enemies prevailed. Yeah. And but righteous what righteous the roller coaster, here comes a righteous leader. Yeah, and and yeah, that's the pattern. So they go astray and then they cry out to God and God raises up a, a righteous leader. So that's kind of that's kind of the uh uh, the rhythm of, of judges here. <laughs> and so, 
Mercy, mercy. Yeah, people go astray, then they cry out. At least they yeah, cry chapter out. Chapter three, kind of like, wake up, guys, this is not working. Yeah. <laughs> so we get into chapter three. It, it talks about, uh, it lists the names of the uh, nations left that they didn't drive out. One is the Philistines. Mm-hmm. We'll hear about them later on quite a bit. Canaanites, Sidonians, the Hivites. And the Hivites, it's interesting, it mentions they worshipped at Mount Baal, Hermon, uh, which is uh, comes into significance uh, throughout the scriptures, really. Uh, it also talks about how they intermarried with the with, with these people, uh, which they were they were specifically told not to do. Um, and so he, here's the pattern. So it says the people did evil, and eventually they fall into slavery under this Mesopotamian king. Yeah, 18 years in bondage. Yeah. And uh, God raises up... Ehud, uh, Ehud. Yeah. And he brought deliverance. And he brings, yep, he, they bring deliverance. 40 years of peace. 40 years of peace. So that's, uh, this is this is the pattern. And here we go. And again, and it goes right, <laughs> and then they get peace, and then they go astray again. And this time, uh, the king of Moab comes up against them and defeats them, and they serve him, and uh, they cry out to God. And here comes a woman. Oh wait, wait, wait! I don't want to skip this because it's 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 pretty juicy. That what do you say? How do you say? Here comes Deborah. Wait, wait, wait! Before Deborah, okay, Ehud, right? Uh huh. Uh, There's a really graphic story about how he defeats the Moab king. He sneaks in. Yeah. <laughs> he's left-handed. They mentioned that. And he hides a knife and he goes in to pay tribute to this king and tells him he's got to tell him a secret. He's like a heavy-set guy. And it says he's yeah, he says the guy's fat. That's what it says. It's very graphic. And uh he sne- he tells him he has to tell him a secret. And he goes up to him and they make the king makes everybody leave. So he can tell him this secret, and he goes in and kills him. <laughs> and uh, whoa, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. It's graphic, and they don't come in to check on him because they think he's going to the bathroom. I mean, it's like it's pretty detailed, and he sneaks out and uh, sort of rallies the troops, and then they come and uh, overthrow. Uh, he, he assassinates. He assassinates him. <laughs> And out of that, they had the, it says the land had rest for 80 years. Wow. Uh, and then after Ehud, Ehud, uh, they go astray again. Yeah, they go. And this is where uh, Deborah comes yeah, in. Here comes that woman, woman of God, prophetess, and commander of the armies. Yeah. It's and a, she led them to great victories. She was the judge of Israel at that time. Uh, and it goes into the story. I, there was a, a leader of the army, I guess, named Barak mm-hmm. is his name. And um, she summons him to go to war and uh, sort of helps him and guides him into into battle. Um, they are fighting this king, Sis- Sisera. And uh, I, Judges is so intense. And... It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so this, they even had a battle cry. Was a battle cry, "Wake, awake to victory!" In the sword of the Lord and Deborah. Yeah, 
I love it. And so the so she has to help this guy basically get courage to go fight, and he finally does. And the guy, and the, these details are are uh, uh, intense. This Cicera flees from the battle, and he's and he's running away. And I don't totally understand the setup here, but JL is is this lady who was camped near there, and he mm-hmm. and she says, "Oh, you can come hide in here in my tent." <laughs> and he goes in, and she hides him under a rug, and then then JL goes in and kills him. Wow! And it's really graphic with with a tent spike and a hammer, and uh, it's so interesting. It's like. Uh, I mean, she, this lady is the one who takes out the king. Make a great movie, wouldn't it? Yeah, it really would. Um, and so we get into chapter five, and chapter five is cool. They they sing a song, Deborah and Brock, mm-hmm. and uh, it's fascinating. Uh, Deborah, at, at one point in the song, says she arose as a mother of Israel. And the song's about the battle and about Barak, the call to victory. And also in there, though, what's interesting is she calls out some of the other tribes hmm. who didn't come to help. Oh, wow. Like several different times she sang in places, you guys just stood over there while we were, <laughs> we were fighting, and she praises the ones who wow, did. Wow, kind of reminds us today. <laughs> and talks about the ones who risked everything to get into the fight. And then at the end of it, she blesses J.L., the one who killed the king with the, the spike. She's part of the song. And the land was peaceful for 40 years. And then we get to six, and Israel goes astray again. And here comes Gideon. 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 Yes. Warrior. Means warrior. It means actually, I went to the Hebrew, means warrior from being down a nobody to being raised up by God, to be a somebody used of God. Yeah. Awesome story. Um, and so the Lord shows up, as a, or the Lord's angel, which mm-hmm. is interesting in and of itself. Yeah, now we're talking about Gideon uh, sitting under an oak tree, mm. minding his own business. Yeah. Here comes this angel. Yeah. And... Uh, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Yeah. Strength, ability, great force. And like he says, who are you talking to? Yeah, it's interesting. He, he, they're back and forth there. Gideon says, if the Lord is with us, why has this happened? Because they had gone astray, and now they're under uh, oppression from these other people. And uh, he's saying, if the, the Lord is with us, why why is this happening? We're being persecuted, and... Uh, we heard about all the great stuff he did for our forefathers. Why is this happening? And the the Lord, the messenger angel, doesn't really answer him. It just it just says, "You have the strength, and you're going to go rescue them." <laughs> it says, "Because I'm with you," or "Am I not with you?" <laughs> and uh, they have this like back and forth, and it's awesome because Gideon says, "How can I do that?" Yeah. My clan is weak. My whole family is weak. Right. And Excuses. I'm the, and I'm the weakest of them. I'm the weakest. I'm the weakest of the weak. And it, some of these different translators say, Gideon. <laughs> like it, it calls him out by name. Gideon, uh, you can rescue Israel because I'm going with you. I'm going to be with you. Yeah. 
you'll defeat them as if you were defeating one man. And uh, powerful on the you know powerful principle there is God calls and uses ordinary people. Yeah. In advancing His kingdom, I can tell you my own story. I did not more qualify to be a you know use right. God and be a pastor and all of that. Not even qualify like Gideon's like the anti-qualifiers. Yeah. God did See, God did lights and raising up, and we really start checking history and men of God today, this, you know, pastor and whatever, evangelist, missionaries, like they were like nobody. Yeah. And um, so Gideon, um, it's interesting. He, mu- he, he must have had a good attitude, but he was also just, it was hard for him to believe. It's hard, yeah. This is where he like, jumps into, Lord, give me a sign. Yeah, right from the beginning. Even he's, he says, it's hard for me to believe this is even the angel of the Lord. So I, that just, Whoa. I want to go into, to, you know, that rabbit trail, you know, like what did this person look like that he's questioning mm. what they're saying? They're standing right there face to face, and he does a test. He says, wait here. I'm going to do a test. I'm going to bring you an offering. He brings an offering. He sets it up, and he puts it on a rock. On a rock, and what happens? He, the angel puts his staff out. So I guess he had a staff, this angel person, and it sets on fire. The fire of the Lord. And consumes it. <laughs> and then he gets scared. He says, oh, my goodness, it was real. You're, right. <laughs> You're the real deal. <laughs> and the angel tells him, don't be afraid. And and then, again, here we go. He builds an altar. It's one of these memorials. Yeah. And the the it, the name of the place is the Lord is Peace. Yeah, Jehovah Shalom. He actually He's, called it yeah. that. Yeah. The Lord is Peace. Um, but it comes out of that situation right there. Yeah, and getting actually defeats the enemy. And then this, right then, he restores true worship. Yes, it goes right into the story, and it's interesting. He goes and destroys this altar to Baal, 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 and uh, it's his father's. It says it's his father's, and so he goes and sneaks in the middle of the night and uh, knocks down the altar and builds another one uh, to the Lord and yeah. does a sacrifice. <laughs> Idolatry. And it, but but he knocks that one down and does a real one and does a sacrifice and everybody finds it the next day and freaks out and they try to kill him <laughs> and his dad rescues him and it's really interesting he says you know couldn't Baal you know take revenge himself somehow this works he uh-huh. he, he he calms him down by uh, talking about Baal that Baal could take his own revenge and they actually change. Gideon's name right there uh, to Jerubal. Jerubal? Jerubal? Yeah. And uh, the name means, paraphrase, to pick a fight with Baal. Whoa. That's what his name change was, to pick a fight with this false god. I love that. Okay, so I'll keep moving on here. Okay, so so the... And so the second challenge, the Amalekites raise up. And God says, mobilize your forces, Gideon. And the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Gideon. He blows, blows the trumpet and gathers the truth. But then, as the troops are gathered, here we go again. He says, I need a fleece. Mm. Yeah. And so the fleece, the word fleece just simply means a part of a, part of a piece of the wool. Yeah. 
you know, I thought fleece means some big Hebrew thing, but yeah. it just means a piece of wool. Right. But it was uh, a type of thing. I don't know how much they practiced that in that day with the piece of wool, but that's what Gideon did. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'll place this wool on the ground, you know, next to me. And if the dew, the water is on the piece of wool and not on the ground, you're with me. Yeah. And so it happened, just like he asked, yeah. and then he wasn't satisfied. Yeah, he he goes know. again. He said, okay, this time the I'll make sure how about placing the piece of wool on the ground. And this time, if the dew is all around on the ground and not on the wool, then here we go. That's an additional confirmation. Yeah. Now, may I comment here? Okay. Please. Today, it's very natural for people to say, I need a fleece, I need a fleece. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, under the new covenant, it's more so our leadings are within the word and the spirit. The higher level of leading relative to issues not covered directly in the word. We start with the word and the leading of the spirit. Now, now catch this. Then... Things begin to happen in the natural world that begin to harmonize with the leading. Now, I am not absolutely saying don't ever use a fleece, but I am saying let's first focus on the Word and the leading of the Spirit. Yeah, that's awesome. And and it's it's hard to tell here. You're not getting a ton of details, but... uh, Sometimes these characters in the Bible, they'll question God or something, and they get in a lot of trouble. And sometimes they do, and it seems like it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't, it doesn't get that that this whole fleece deal doesn't get held against him. No, because I think actually in his heart he was a man of faith. Because as it keeps going, we get to the next part. It's his classic. Well, that's, that's it's like the anti fleece yeah. where he, he takes his army and just keeps taking them away. Well, and that's he goes where, with uh, it. In that culture, in that culture, in that historical perspective, they were not as much into being taught the leading, you know, the things of the Spirit. The Spirit of God moved upon them, but you don't really see a lot of teaching on being led by the Spirit. Mm. And so we we will finish here. This last chapter seven is Gideon actually goes to the fight, uh, but before he even gets there, his army. Um, God says there's too many of them. The boot camp. And so, first of all, he says those who are afraid go home. And he loses a ton of people. So how many went home? Out of 32,000? Uh, 22,000? 22,000. 22,000. Hey, I'm going to afraid. No, go thanks. home and go to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, so for for all of uh, Gideon's uh, wanting a sign and everything, he, he stuck with it, though. That would be tough. Wow, 22,000 yes. people just up and leave. You're about to go to battle. <laughs> and then the Lord says, that's still too many. And they take it down even more. They go and drink water, and people drink one way, people drink another. The Lord says, keep the like people Like a dull glap. Yeah. <laughs> the dull glap is, is that the one they keep? The dog lappers? Yes. Okay. They lap like a dog. The dog does its tongue different than a man. <laughs> okay. Those people are the good guys, I guess. So Miracle was 300. 300, down to 300 guys. So they go in and... So that's... Now look at that. That's, defi- that's following divine order. Mm. Not just 
you know, the natural would say, oh, I got to have these 32,000. Yeah. But God God knew something better there. Yeah. And then when you go into the whole story, how they lit the lamps and confused yep. the enemy, yep. you know. So the, the principle here is the power of unity. And the scripture tells us one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. And so, as the song goes, uh, little as much when God is in it. And so we have the same challenge today. Big challenges, small challenges, yeah. no problem for God. Yeah, and and uh, so they follow the plan, and I love it. It's this kind of psychological warfare uh-huh. that these guys do sometimes. Absolutely. They follow these plans. Oh, yeah. They did this with Jericho, too, I think. They psych mm. these people out. Yep. They surround them. They're blowing trumpets. Six days. They yeah. surprise them with all these lights, totally confuse them. The people end up, killing each other on you know because they're all freaked out it's amazing wow and so we'll end there for our old testament section um with this um oh, that story's so cool gideon's story i love it the guy uh the weakest of the weakest family wow gets his army together no, then yeah. trims his army nobody down. he wasn't a celebrity yeah it goes in with 300 people only in this incredible victory awesome Okay, so let's jump over now. We'll go into our New Testament. Wow, we're going to jump up a couple thousand years. Yep, we're going to jump right <laughs> over. <laughs> and we're in Luke. We're in Luke. We're going to start in 5. We're going to go uh, Luke 5 through 8. So we jump in here. Jesus is preaching to a big crowd. Uh, so many people, he has the boat. He has to be put out on the boat a little bit mm-hmm. uh, so he can talk to everybody. Um, he's using these fishermen's boat, and they they uh, after he's done preaching, I uh, I guess they had been fishing all night and didn't catch anything. And Jesus tells them to go back out, throw their nets in, mm-hmm. and this, they miraculously catch all these fish enough to break their nets and everything. Uh, it was it must have been uh, one of those uh, just overwhelming miracles like in awe you know it just was so uh it wasn't just like oh wow we caught them you know it freaked them out enough that peter gets out and uh i just was thinking we've been there in israel you know sea of galilee and and they still got some of those old boats you know Mm. like like in their museum there yeah yeah and they they called it saint peter's fish Mm. and they're pretty good sized fish and when you would order fish, you, you think you're going to get a nice piece of fish. Well, they just flop the whole whole fish on the plate and then take their knife and cut the head off in front of you. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, so Peter gets out uh, after this, and he says, you know, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. It was so such an intense, uh, miraculous thing going on there. Um, and Jesus famously says, you know, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be a fisher of men. And so he's, he's starting to call them out. And uh, they, it says they left everything and followed Jesus right then and there. All right. Discipline. Disciple. Amazing. Yeah, they went, they went all in. Uh, we then get into a man with leprosy. Uh, Jesus comes across. He asks Jesus to heal him uh, if you can or if you want to. If it be your will. Yeah. And then, of course, this man was a leper. He was an outcast. 
And he did not have any knowledge, apparently, but somehow he saw something, the works of Jesus. And still he didn't have the right knowledge. Jesus clarified it specifically. It mm -hmm. is my will. Yeah. And so that's why we believe today God's will is health and healing. Yeah. Awesome. And so the, the man is healed. He tells him not to tell anybody, but of course he does. And Jesus becomes uh, even more famous, big crowd showing up. But it's interesting, it does say Jesus often slipped away to the wilderness to pray. Yeah. He specifically notes that. Right. Um, he would get alone. In private time. Yeah. Uh, then, it, then it tells the story where Jesus is in a house teaching. Um, and I, I took note here, it's interesting, it says the power of God was with him to heal. Um. I, th I think there were certain times there was just an atmosphere mm -hmm. going on there and in, in certain kind situations. Kind of a natural thing. You, you could literally tell there's something was going on. Yeah. Um, especially all the people there and everything. Uh, and this is, this is a story where there are so many people. He's teaching in this house. Uh, this guy uh, uh, couldn't walk. And uh, they couldn't get in the house to be prayed for, so they bring him in through the ceiling. They remove the tiles. They lower him down. Um, and Jesus, this is interesting. He says, your sins are forgiven. He gets into this back and forth with the Pharisees there. What's easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? Uh, then he says, get up and walk, and the guy gets, gets up and walks. Um, um, let's see. We keep going here. Then it talks about uh, Jesus is going by and notices a tax collector. Mm -hmm. Tells him to follow him, and he does. It ends up being Matthew. Yeah, the tax collector was an enemy mm -hmm. of the people. Here he comes, going to get our money, going to get our taxes. And Jesus, and there, there, there again, that's that story, whoever, whoever. Mm. Yeah. Jesus chose a whoever. Yeah. And, and uh, Matthew, again, it says he le left everything and followed Jesus again. Um, amazing. And the Pharisees, of course, complain about it, saying he's hanging out with uh, sinners and tax collectors. Mm -hmm. And that's where Jesus is talking about he didn't come for the healthy, he came for the sick. They're the ones who need the doctor. Um, uh, it's a I think it talks about fasting there. Yep, too, right? it talks they question about him about that. Why aren't why aren't your disciples fasting? And Jesus said there's going to come a time for that. Yep, he says they and will. But right now I'm with them. I'm sure. I feel like that's there's a lot there. He's saying I'm I'm with them right now. They don't they don't have to. Yeah, um, that's very. But when I'm gone, they are going to have to. That could be looked at. I'm yeah. thinking myself. That's something more there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see, chapter, well, then we get into chapter 6. Again, his disciples are getting in trouble. They're picking grain and eating it. And the Pharisees are mad. And Jesus talks about, points about David's men had eaten the bread. Right, right, because it was a necessity. Mm -hmm. And he says, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Lord Sabbath. Lord of the Sabbath. He uses that term a lot, Son of Man. Son of Man. Well, that that shows you that, of course, Jesus, when he came, the Christ in 
in eternity came as the Messiah Jesus to operate on planet Earth as a man, mm. not as God so much. Though he was God, son of God, son of man on Earth, he operated as a man according to the Word and the Spirit. Mm. And uh, so that that Sabbath thing, you know, uh, in other words, and you go on over there, and even the Apostle Paul dealt with that. He said, we do not worship in a certain day. But we know that according to Scripture that the early church met on what we call, uh, we call it Sunday, but it was actually the first day of the week. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we don't have to. Um, and also this thing on the Sabbath, they, they get gone into this, why are you doing this on the Sabbath? You know, it's like saying today, why would you have a hospital open today? Well, it's a good thing. Yeah. Why do you have policemen working? It's a good thing. If some, if something, an animal falls in the ditch on the Sabbath, on Sunday, and you see it, are you not going to go out and help it get out? So they, they, they had gone to such extreme. Yeah, specifically and, this deal with the Sabbath. Yeah. It comes up over and over. Over and over. And it's, Why and, are you doing this on the Sabbath? There's actually, you know, that theological term for it. Legalism is going beyond what God asked us to do. Yeah, and there were, I mean, we'd just been reading through all these, all the laws and things, and it, the Sabbath was obviously very serious, but there was a lot of other stuff other laws too but this specific one well, with the sabbath seemed to cause all kinds of problems that's, that's in, at that time for for jesus ministry and for the people there it it uh something had got off mm -hmm. off track yeah with the sabbath like big time mm -hmm. um 